Pastor Ray Bentley with insight on how God wants to rewrite your life story. You know what it means really to become a Christian? It means you step into the story of God. You live the eternal story of being one of God's own. And I have found that God treats each son as if he were his favorite, each daughter as if you were his favorite. His grace and his mercy are amazing and unbelievable. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Our testimony is really a story. It's our life story that includes that important chapter where everything changed. We once were lost, but now we're found. And today, Pastor Ray shows us how our story was actually rewritten centuries ago when Jesus turned human heartache into a happy ending. All right, Luke chapter 20, let's look at the first two verses here. It says, now it happened on one of those days. So he doesn't tell us exactly, is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, but it's one of those days. As he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel. And while he is teaching, it was one of those days that the chief priests and the scribes together with the elders, confronted him and spoke to him, saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? So the confrontation comes now. They, he has touched the money. They are wanting to protect their interests. They really want to put him to death for blasphemy. They just need him to come out plainly. They wanted him right that day to say, yes, I am the Messiah. And they would say, blasphemy, and they would have had him executed, but Jesus would not play their game. He would not say plainly to them in that way that I am the Messiah, why? Because his hour had not yet come. What is Jesus waiting for? Passover. <laughs> because he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He couldn't die on Monday. It's impossible for him to die on Tuesday or Wednesday or for that matter, even Thursday. It had to be on Good Friday when the Passover lambs are being sacrificed that he, as John the Baptist had said, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Only on that day could he die and then rise again from the dead on the third day. So he comes as the Lamb of God and, and is now being tested by his enemies. And yet, here's, here's the beautiful thing I want you to notice here. Jesus is also examining them. It's not just that they come and ask Jesus all these questions, challenge, challenge, challenge. Jesus, as we're gonna see now in verses three through eight, turns the tables on them and he investigates the religious leaders. He asks them a question, he challenges them. As Jesus makes Jerusalem his headquarters these next four days. So look with me in verse three. So they come to him and they say, by what authority do you do this? In other words, who gave you the right to come into our house and overturn our tables and scatter our money is kind of the thought behind all of this. By what authority? In verse three, but he, Jesus, answered and said to them, 
I also will ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, he's talking about John the Baptist. Was it from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Very smart. You see the wisdom of Jesus? You know, I think about the wisdom of the Lord and, and I want to encourage us. We need to be very, very wise when we answer our friends' questions, when they start asking us, maybe sometimes with a challenge, you know, you Christians always fill in the blank. Why is it that you guys are like whatever this, fill in the blank. We have to be wise. Sometimes when we are a little young and inexperienced, we want to give them the answers because we know the answers. You come to Bible studies, you read for yourself, you hear sermons, you get great teaching and you go, oh, oh, oh I know the answer. And you go, pop, 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 pop. And, but they're setting you up for an argument and for a trap. So uh, Jesus turns things around and he, he asks them a question. Then he taught a parable we'll look at in just a moment. And then he quoted a prophecy. Now I put two scriptures into your notes uh, about John the Baptist. And I want us to read those two scriptures out loud together. John chapter one, verse 27. Let's read that. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. This is what John the Baptist said about Jesus. Then John chapter one, verses 35 and 36. Let's read that other scripture. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold the Lamb of God. John got it. John saw Jesus was the Passover, the Pesach, the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. Jesus took the religious leaders back to John the Baptist for two reasons. Number one, John, who unanimously, at least from the people, they said, John is from God. He is a prophet of God. And John said, Jesus is the one, follow him. You see the logic. If the people say John and his authority and his ministry, his lifestyle was a prophet from God, and then John the prophet says Jesus is the Messiah, then now Jesus is saying, well, then why didn't you believe him? The people say John was from God, Will you now say that John was from God in the presence of the people who were all listening? And if you would agree with them, even out of fear, then I will say to you, why didn't you believe him? Because he said that I was in fact the Messiah. Now, the second reason that Jesus pointed to John is there is a spiritual principle that if we disobey a truth we've already known, God will not reveal a new truth to us. Here's what Jesus exposed. 
Because the religious leaders, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders were many of them at that time, 2,000 years ago, though they were outwardly religious, they were inwardly not very spiritual. They had a, a skewed view of what it meant to be a Jew for God. The people were more innocent. In fact, the people were more the ones that were saying, Hosanna, praise the name of the Lord and blessed is he who comes. And they were willing. And many of them believed upon him. It was just the leaders. And in their hearts, though they wouldn't say anything publicly, when they got into their little rooms and among the Sanhedrin, they said, we don't like John. He didn't come to Jerusalem. He didn't give, he didn't respect our authority. We didn't lay hands on him. He just went on his own. Well, that's because God didn't want John to go to them. They were corrupt. Some of them had bought their office there within Jerusalem with money. Some of them had just gotten in because they were part of a family and compromised with Rome. So basically, they had rejected who obviously the people said, yes, John is a prophet from God. And Jesus' point is, if you rejected him, why would you then now you know, accept me? How can you have the revelation of who the Messiah is if you won't listen to the prophet who came before and the people acknowledge was actually of God and pointed to me? So they, if you're not gonna to submit to the prophet, you're not going to submit to the Messiah. Now, as Jesus turns it around and waits for their answer, even though they didn't believe necessarily that John was from God, they could not say anything publicly and so they played dumb before the people. Well, we don't know. We don't know, we don't, want to, we don't want to say. Jesus goes, well then, if you're not gonna answer my question, I'm not gonna answer your question. And he got out of it and he escaped. He passed again a great test. And the fact of the matter is that no matter what answer they gave, they were going to be in trouble. So Jesus exposes them. Now, I wanna close with this parable, beginning in verse nine. And in this parable, Jesus exposes them and he exposes uh, religion, I think, in many ways. And I wanna to say to you tonight, we are not about religion. We're about a relationship with Jesus. God wants a relationship with you. May I say to you that religion can be a very bad thing? Sometimes religion can be even an evil thing. There are many bad things that have been done by religion. In fact, some of the scariest people on earth are religious people who have, ironically, in the name of God, let alone in the name of Jesus, who have done violent things that are totally against the kingdom of heaven. We are not about religion, nor was John the Baptist, nor were the prophets, nor is Jesus. It has always been, it started with one man, Abraham, who walked with God in an adventure, in a relationship. And that's what it is for each one of us. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. I thank God for Pastor Ray and his family and the ministry of Maranatha. A big thank you to the Bentley family for sharing Pastor Ray with us for these many years. Although we're sad that he's gone, we know we'll see him again and we pray for the Bentley family that they would be comforted by the unfathomable peace that can come only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years. 
If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Listen to this parable and we'll say a few things about it. Beginning in verse nine. Then he, Jesus, began to tell the people this parable. The parable is a story. A certain man planted a vineyard and then he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country for a long time. Now, at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant and they beat him also, treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And again, he sent a third and they wounded him and also had him cast out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I know, I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him when they see him. But when the vine dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves saying, this is the heir, come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and they killed him. And therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, certainly not. So this is the religious leaders hear this parable and they know he's talking about them. And they go, he would never do that. They can't help themselves. You just made us look bad. Then in verse 17, he looked at them and said, what then is this that is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the scribes that very hour sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the people, for they knew he had spoken this parable against them. Oh man, this is a story. This is an amazing story. We are living in a story, and, and you know what it means really to become a Christian? It means you step into the story of God. You step into, instead of just hearing about the story, reading about the story, you live the eternal story of being one of God's own. And I have found that God treats each son as if he were his favorite, each daughter as if you were his favorite. His grace and his mercy are amazing and unbelievable. And I'm gonna invite you to step into the story. Now Jesus talks about this vineyard. Who is the vineyard? It's Israel. Isaiah chapter five uh, is a very famous passage. All of the religious leaders listening to him, they knew what the vineyard was. The vineyard is Israel. And so the Lord had given the vineyard to the religious leaders and he wanted fruit. And he sent people to come gather the fruit. Those who he sent to get fruit from his own vineyard were the prophets. The messengers were the prophets. And every time, if you read the, through the Old Testament, every time God sent a messenger or a prophet, they beat them, they rejected them, they killed some of them. But in this story, what it shows is the amazing patience of God. I mean, if you own a vineyard, 
If we owned a vineyard and you sent one of your right-hand lieutenants, I want to go get my fruit, and they roughed him up and beat him up, you would be right there throwing those guys out. Get out of my vineyard. This is my vineyard. I hired you. I gave you the responsibility. How dare you treat my servant, my lieutenant, my right-hand man that way? But God, being the owner, instead shows tremendous love and grace and patience to the nation of Israel. Instead of judging them and wiping them out, he sent another messenger. And they beat him up. And he sent another messenger. And they rough him up. And he sent another one. And they kept getting rejected, rejected, rejected. I mean, if you've read the Old Testament, all of them got rejected. And finally, God said, I know, in his heart. And you see the, kind of this tenderness of our Father. We think of God as so strong and big, and which he is. But there is no one in the universe more soft-hearted, more tender-hearted than your father in heaven. He goes, maybe if I sent my son, maybe finally he'll break through and, and they'll listen and I'll send my son. And here is Jesus and he's saying to them, he's announcing to them, and I am the last prophet. I am the Messiah and you're going to kill me. And therefore, you're going to be thrown out. The vineyard is going to be given to others. He's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So now, verses 17 through 19, just for a moment, look at that verse. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He's saying, what, what do you think that means? Now, remember the whole point was they're trying to trap Jesus and get him to say he's the Messiah. Well, guess what? He virtually does right here. When he quotes Psalm 118, verse 22, everybody knew, and especially the scribes, the chief priests, and the elders knew, that's a scripture about the Messiah. And Jesus is claiming that that messianic scripture is talking about himself. It's talking about me. I know your hearts. You don't accept me. You reject me. In your heart even now is a plot of hatred and murder and you will kill me and you will and are rejecting me and know this it was already prophesied about me the Messiah that being rejected you would have rejected the chief cornerstone the very foundation not only of Israel but of all the nations of the earth in heaven and earth and the entire kingdom of God world without end rests upon me Though he didn't say it in words, by pointing this scripture and applying it to himself, Jesus was clearly claiming to be the Messiah. And the builders here are the religious leaders. They were the ones to be building the kingdom of God and they reject the cornerstone. The Old Testament often, or the Old Covenant, talks about the stone as a picture of God or a symbol of even the Messiah, giving you some of the scriptures that are there. And I love this one in Daniel chapter 2, verses 34 and 35. It talks about this, the, the coming of the Lord, the Messiah, as a rock coming out of heaven, hurtling toward the earth. And it's pictured as a smiting stone, and it, and it wipes out, crushes anything that rejects the Messiah, the Son. So here's the final point. Jesus is saying, you reject me, and you think you're going to crush me and wipe me out on the cross by killing me. He says, but no, here's what's really gonna happen. By you rejecting me, you're going to be crushed. 
You're going to lose your nation. You're going to lose this house, my father's house, the temple. You're going to lose your land. You're going to lose everything. And ultimately, if you reject me, you'll lose even your eternal life. So here's the progression. When they rejected John the Baptist, he was sent by the Father. They rejected the witness of the Father. But remember, Jesus said, if you sin against the Father, that will be forgiven. Now Jesus, the Son, has come. They're rejecting him. And in a few days, they're going to nail him to the cross and kill him. But you know what Jesus said? If you reject the Son, you can be forgiven of that too. But then he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the witness of the Holy Spirit was after the resurrection of Jesus through the apostles. When the apostles came and they shared, no, Jesus is risen, he's alive. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they spoke all these languages at the Feast of Pentecost. And they proclaimed him Messiah. And Stephen stood up and to all of those religious leaders, some of whom were right there that day with Jesus, shared with them again. This, the Holy Spirit being poured out is proof that John the Baptist was right whom the Father sent, that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son, and the Spirit now is bearing witness that Jesus is risen, he is Lord, he is alive, the Son of David, as well as the Son of Man and the Son of God. The first time they let John be killed by Herod, the second time they let the Romans kill Jesus, but the last time they picked up stones themselves and stoned Stephen who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did Jesus say? There is a sin that is unforgivable. When you've sinned against the Holy Spirit, it can't be forgiven. In other words, now the trifecta, they had rejected the witness of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's no more witnesses. God has given everything that he can. But, so the gospel went to the Samaritans, then it went to the Gentiles, then it's gone around the world, and now the gospel is going back to the Middle East and it's going back into Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, Jerusalem, and God is saving all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Glory, hallelujah. So are you in? I'm, I'm telling you, we, some fearful things are coming. It's not gonna move me. Awesome things, terrible things are gonna happen, not gonna be shaken. I tell you this, I am clinging with everything I've got to Jesus all the way for the rest of my life until the very bitter end. And I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that last day. I am staking everything in my life that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, who is risen and who is coming back and his kingdom will be established on the earth. And I will not be ashamed of that. In fact, I am proud. I will boast of my Savior who was willing to die upon the cross. I will brag about him any chance that I get. And I will never deny him or his word or the witness of the Father or of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, the declaration we should all echo. A good response to today's message in Luke chapter 20 here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled The Day of Questions. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.